podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to part two of a runner special in which myself, Sachin Akrani, Neil Poole and Henry Jackson pick a Liverpool team made out of players from the 90s, the noughties and the 2010s. Right, so the two other midfield positions. Now, again, I've divided these up. I've gone with kind of the leader in midfield and then the creative player. So, uh, again, the guys don't know how I've divided this up. So I would say who's in which category. So, Hen- uh, so Neil, your choice. The leader in midfield is, of course, Stephen Gerrard, uh, academy graduate, made his debut the 29th of November 1998. His last appearance was the 24th of May 2015, that scandalous game at Stoke, of course, the 6-1. 710 games, 186 goals. He won the FA Cup twice, the League Cup three times, the UEFA Cup, Champions League and Super Cup. Um, it's a bit hard to really know what to say. That hasn't been said already about Stephen Gerrard, so I'll, I'll leave that to you now. Just stop now, Stephen Gerrard. And uh, no, no, no. But honestly, it's it's not. It's it's like you said. What is it to say? All, all, yeah. I, all I would say is, I literally spent fifteen years worried about how happy or not Stephen Gerrard was <laughs> because his emotional health was so paramount of importance to me that it meant that he was okay and he was happy and he played well because he carried us. He absolutely carried us. The years, um, and yeah, just don't even bother telling me who your two are. It's Gerard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is a slight waste of time, but it's, um, we'll, we'll go through them anyway. Um, Henry, I'll let you speak about Gerard. Obviously, you know, you've got anything to add at all? As I said, it's very difficult, but uh, it feels only right to let you have that chance at least. No, quite quite simply, he's my all-time hero, without a doubt. Um, Liverpool's best ever player, in my opinion, without a doubt. I never saw. I Kenny, agree with that. Fair. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Dalglish was incredible. I'm sure Sunes was incredible. Barnes, all these players. But I've just got no doubt in my mind that Gerard's better. He's, he's probably, I would honestly say, maybe the most complete player I've ever seen in terms of, and, and that's just that's not just Liverpool anywhere. He, he was he was world class at so many things. Um, like Neil said, just sometimes it can be sort of unfair to say that a, a single player drags players through games. He really did drag Liverpool through games on his own. For a stint, particularly kind of before Benitez, at t- in that sort of mid, sort of early to mid 2000s, I remember around yeah. 0304 when we got back into mm. the Champions League, and it was just, yeah. it was, it was the it was Julio's last season, and it was just mad how influential. I think he he won Man of the Match something like 20 times in in the league, and and, and wow. it was just it, it was it was ridiculous, and um, yeah, I, I just an unbelievable player, and I can't really say anything more than that. You only have to. Look at his contributions, Istanbul, the West Ham goal, so many goals against United, so many goals in the derby, goals against Chelsea, Arsenal, big European goal. Just, just a lot, a great leader. And yeah, just, just an absolute legend. And, and, and I just, I sort of cared so much about him at the time. Like, a bit like Neil said, that I spent every week just kind of wanting him to be happy and wanting him to kind of <laughs> make him want him to play well. And it, it was just, it, I think it was just kind of a, it was a bit of the, 
he was a very emotional figure and there was an element of the disaster about him. Obviously, it's the, the, the infamous slip and, you know, there's a few times where he gave weird back passes to Omri and he scored and he, had a, he just had his own goal against Chelsea and he had these moments that kind of made him feel a bit more human as well. So, yeah, I just loved him for bits and what, what the of, greatest what, what, for me. Yeah, and maybe not one of my happiest memories because it, was, yeah, it happened a lot, but um, just him and Torres together, you know, him yeah. setting up Torres and Torres yeah. scoring, and him just being absolutely made up that there was a player on the pitch who was anywhere near his level. Yeah. And, like, you know, just some of the goals that them two combined on, that, that little era with them two was just, um, was was like next level stuff, really was. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, so this is basically the formality, but let, let's, let's go through the other teams. They are <laughs> two very good players as well, so I think they fully deserve a mention. So I'll go through mine. Uh, it's Gary McAllister. Joined Liverpool on the 1st of July 2003, transferred from Coventry. His last appearance was 11th of May 2002. 87 appearances for Liverpool. He scored nine goals. He won the FA Cup, League Cup, UEFA Cup, and Super Cup. And I think those honours are the key thing with Gary McAllister because he is, I don't think it's a player in my time with Liverpool who is so defined by one season. Uh, he was he was the treble season in terms of his Liverpool career. I mean, he had two, obviously, but he was just so important. And Nine goals he scored for Liverpool. About seven of those are absolutely iconic. So um, I don't even know. It's just kind of mad that it seems like every goal he scored for Liverpool is really important. <coughs> the Everton goal, the Bradford goal, Barcelona penalty. They're all in that song, obviously. Best free transfer in Liverpool's history, unless you guys can think of a better one. I can't think of a better Milner? one. Milner? Milner, maybe. yeah. I think maybe I'd, Milner. Say, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say Milner is the better free transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd say that. Tough call. Tough call. That. Yeah. And also, he had a huge impact on the careers of Steven Gerrard and Carrigan, Murphy, Owen. They're all in their early 20s when he came. They've all said he was hugely influential. So, um, Gary McAllister is my pick, but um, he's obviously not getting in this team. Uh, so, let's go to Henry's choice. Um, and he's the current leader of this Liverpool team. Jordan Henderson joined on the 9th of June 2011 for £16 million from Sunderland. 359 games, 28 goals. He has won the League Cup. The Champions League Super Cup, the Club World Cup, and Henry, I got to say, you called this. Um, well, I would say you called it, but I'll just say you've been you've been supportive of Jordan Henderson for a lot longer than many people, including myself. For me, um, I always liked him, but um, I did always think he was a player we could upgrade on very easily. But I tell you, a key game for me that changed me all this season was the Wolves away game in when was it? Late January, I think, when we won two one. Yeah. When Firmino scored late, he was unreal that night. And um, for me now, he is just one of our very, very best players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone who knows me and anyone who follows me on Twitter or anything like that probably sick to death of me talking about him, <laughs> and supporting him, and retweeting stuff and supporting him, and anything to do with that. And I think people probably think that I'd rate him as highly as Terrard or something like that. And it's not the case. And he's not even my favourite Liverpool player or at the moment or anything like that. But I just think he's been so harshly treated over the years. I've, I've never been able to get my head around it. Made a bad start, but I think he's just been a great servant for, you know, he's our longest serving player now. I think next year will be, will be a decade he's been there. Um, yeah. And I think he's just, yeah, he's just sure, grown, yeah. he's, he's grown all the time. And I think, um, he obviously had the 2013, 14 season when he was great, when, when Gerard's legs were going in midfield. And, he offered so much energy, but also quality. I remember him scoring twice against Swansea, I think, which was a, a big win. And just that whole season, he was great. And we obviously missed him when he was suspended for that Chelsea game. And and then I think people sort of forget he was great the following season as well, because not much happened and we were shit, basically, under Rodgers. Yeah. That kind of gets lost a bit. But he, he was really good that year. I think he chipped in with quite a few goals and assists. And 
Um, I, I totally agree with you. He's now that part of the reason he's getting more recognition is because his game has gone up another level in the last probably 18 months or so. I'd say something like that, where mm. he's really, I think he's really looked like he thinks he belongs as Liverpool captain and one of the most important players at the club. And he's just, he's just gone up another level. I think he's, this has been his best run since, funnily enough, since Fabinho got injured uh, and everyone kind of lost their heads a bit because he'd been so influential. I think ever since then, which I think was November, Henderson has just been outstanding. So I think he's been our best player for me since then. Not sure whether he'd be player of the year or not, but yeah, you know, he gets criticised for supposedly being a backwards passing merchant and all this, where he's actually great on the ball. I think a lot as a, a lot of his assists have shown and um, does so much defensive work. He's selfless and yeah, just, just an incredible leader on and off the pitch. And I would go so far as to say, which I think I've put on Twitter, is I think he's actually a better captain than Gerard, which got a lot of I got a lot of abuse for at the time, and it's nothing about them as players. But I think as an all-round captain, on and off the pitch, everything, I, I think he's, he's even better. So, yeah, I, I love him for bits, and I think he's been a great servant. Yeah, I think the captain shout's a really good one, because that was the thing that stood out for me in the Wolves game, which I noticed is how much he talks to his, yeah. to the, his teammates. He's constantly talking to them, telling them where to go, what to do. And how much, how much we missed him when he was injured. Yeah. We, we had none of that yeah. talking. Absolutely. Right, let's vote on this. Yeah, it is a bit of a formality, but worth going through. So, Henry, who are you picking? Gary McAllister or Stephen Gerrard? Stephen Gerrard. Uh, I've got Henderson or Gerrard. I'm obviously going Gerrard. Uh, so, he's in a team. But, Neil, yeah, curious if you had to pick between Henderson and Gary McAllister. They're also quite different players as well, so it's a bit of a weird one. But who would you pick? Oh, H- Henderson, easily, by a mile. Excellent. So, Stephen Gerrard is in our team. Him and Mascarano midfield. Uh, we are now about to pick his... Uh, the third midfielder uh, for our team. Okay, so let's pick the third midfielder in this team then. Uh, so this is what I'm calling the creative midfielder. We've got the defensive midfielder, we've got the leader, this is the creative player. So Neil's creative midfielder is Steve McManaman, another academy graduate, made his debut on the 15th of December 1990, last appearance is 16th of May 1999, 364 appearances, 66 goals, he won the FA Cup and the League Cup. Uh, Neil, I think Stephen Manaman is hugely underrated in Liverpool's history. I would say he was our best player of the 90s. I know everyone loves Robbie Fowler. I love Robbie Fowler. But I think Manaman, he spanned the entire decade, as I just said there. He made his debut in 1990, finished in 99, 364 games. He was man of the match in the two cup finals we won in that decade as well, the 92 yeah. League Cup. And the, sorry, 92 FA Cup, 95 League Cup. Maybe the way he left has kind of tarnished his reputation a little bit. Uh, not reputation, but it's kind of the affection we have for him because obviously he went to Real Madrid on a free. Um, I don't know. I don't feel there's a lot of warmth for Steve Manning, but I, I do think we, we underappreciate just how great he was for us, for as I said, basically the entire 90s. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, I've picked him, but interestingly, I've got no great love for him either. He, he, I, yeah. think he's, I think he's a little bit like um, a figure like, I don't know, like a Michael Owen, you know, where you can like, mm. you can point to the importance, you can point to the stats, you can uh, point to their quality, but it just leaves you. There's just something just leaves you a little bit cold with him. I think Kevin Keegan is a bit before my time, but I understand yeah. he was a little bit like that um, in the 70s. But what I would say, that I, I, I agree with what you just said there, Sachin. The reason I've picked him is that if you if you look at that 90s squad, and particularly like that 90s squad between 90, like 92 and 96, 
it, it's disgusting. <laughs> Honestly, you just, <laughs> just spend the time and look through some of those names, and oh, they're so bad, man. They're so bad. Um, and you've got two shining lights. You just mentioned one of them uh, up front, so we'll, we'll, we'll be coming to him uh, later. And for that reason, I picked him. It's like there's not that much really to hang your hat on um, in the nineties. But I think with other players, where you know I don't therefore got Albiorni or um, Friedel, McManaman is obviously far, 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 far superior player to that, and was just like absolute skill. I'd actually think he'd fit into a a cop, a cop team because maybe something again that's forgotten about him as well as his technical ability. It's just you know his dribbling and, and, and all of this. He just ran and ran and ran. He was like a Jordan Cell buddy. Um, and at a time in the 90s when some of those players probably never had the greatest attitude in the world, um, it was it was quite refreshing. And the, the, I always remember that Maisie run and the goal against Celtic that he, he scored. But he, he was, he was, I think in that time, he's the one that you go and pay your money for. He was like the, the shine the shine and light. And as I said, there was one other player around that time. So, for that, for that reason, I've gone for McManaman. Yeah, that that goal against Celtic, Henry. I think you would have. If I get you're born eighty seven, weren't you? So you were ten yeah. when he scored that goal. Yeah. So I don't know how well you remember it, but I think that's arguably, arguably, there are the contenders. Liverpool's goal of the decade. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I, I think it's one of the most. I do remember it. Yeah, I remember it well. Um, I think it was. I think I'd say it's one of the most underrated goals of the decade because people mm. just don't. A lot of people just don't mention it. But he just yeah. he just he just ran forever. And just and then it's a great finish yeah. and yeah no that I, I remember that well and he was I agree I agree with Neil I think it's it's that thing that because he left he's been forgotten about a bit and fans almost don't like to to praise him too much whereas I think if he'd stayed I think he'd be loved a lot more now he's he's famously yeah. like the first is he the first Bosman going out of England yeah like, I, I think he might I be think he was and I think it maybe yeah. came a bit of a surprise at the time where. None of us knew really what the Bosman rule was, and so it, it felt like a particularly clandestine manner than really you would like now. So it's whatever yeah. thirty years or twenty years later, when you know it's something that we're much more used to. So I think part of the stick that he gets beaten with is more the the perception of doing that type of move then, as opposed to if you do it now, where everyone knows that you can go on a free at the end of your contract, uh, and it's no big thing. For me personally. I, I I mean I I have no problem with Torres. I no problem with Owen. I have no problem with Sterling. I don't really care how they leave or when they leave. Um, you know, they go, they go. You know what I mean? Liverpool carries on like rolling on. But there is just something about him that I can't put my finger on. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. But uh, man, I'm sort of not that good. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just kind of the way he carried himself on the pitch. He looked, you know, he, he kind of looked like he saw football for me. As a vocation more than you know, a love. There's, like, there's, a story, there's a story about that. I'm trying, trying to think where I heard it. I don't know if I read it or or I just saw someone post it on Twitter. It was like, I mean, it was a cab driver, so you obviously you know take take him with a pinch of salt. But he, <laughs> I remember saying about saying that he was giving them a lift to Melbourne or, or wherever, and he was on the phone. Yeah, you know, was on the phone, and he heard him say to his mate, "Yeah, I'm I'm going. Uh, I'm on my way to work." And just the very fact that he called him there. And I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to think where I heard that. But anyway, that's I think that, that, that's a story that's in the back of my head somewhere that I remember. Yeah. Although I guess you would say that anyway, wouldn't you? Even if you loved the yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Steve totally. Gerard, you'd say I'm going yeah. to work, wouldn't you? As oh, no, to, I, yeah, what, yeah, I understand yeah. that entirely. I'm being completely unreasonable. 
That's what we are indeed. Right, let's go to my choice then. So, probably the most handsome man with his history. It is Shabby Alonso. Joined Liverpool on the 20th of August 2004 for £10.7 million from Real Sociedad. Last appearance was 24th of May 2009. 210 goals, uh, sorry, 210 games, nine goals. Which for me is, um, sorry, I've got that wrong. Uh, 19 goals. Sorry, I've written that down wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, go through that again. 210 games, 19 goals. I think nine was a bit short. Uh, he won the Champions League, Super Cup and FA Cup. Um, I do wonder, um, either of you can chip in on this if you want, how good he would be in the current era where, you know, of high press and players kind of getting in your face because he was, he felt, for, in my mind, like somebody needed second on the ball. Uh, he was perfectly suited to his era and I don't know about this current era where it's a little bit more fast and hectic in midfield. But without a doubt, the best passer I've ever seen in football. I was a little bit too young for Jan Mulry. Um and just an absolutely phenomenal footballer. And I think you can tell how good he was for Liverpool that when he left in May 2009, we absolutely fell apart. Uh, that great team of 08-09, just, just, I mean, there are other reasons why behind the scenes issues, but, but Henry, he was um, just an exceptional footballer, wasn't he? And hugely important. And it was a crying shame that he left when he did. I understand why he went. Obviously, he fell out with Rafa, but if he stayed, he would have done a lot better in that 09 10 season. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's one of my favourites of all time. I remember, that, I think, don't know if it was his debut, but I remember him playing against Bolton away. Yeah, uh, yeah, that lost. was his debut, yeah. Yeah, we lost, but he just looked yeah. class. He just, he was, yeah. he's just one of those that you can see it from the first pass they hit. You just think we've signed a great player here. And, and, and yeah. from that point on, he was just exceptional. And he was, yeah, obviously what, what he did in Istanbul, um, the influence he had in that 08 09 team alongside Mascherano and Gerard. He was just, he was just class. I mean, he scored two goals from inside his own half. Um, yeah. yeah, it just, just class personified, basically. Now, with what you said, he probably wouldn't be a sort of a perfect player for this team because he hasn't quite got the legs to kind of, mm. you know, get about the pitch like Henderson and one Alden and players like that do. But I still think that when you're as good as he was, I think I'm sure he could still do a job of some kind in that kind of deep lying role. Yeah, excellent. Um, Right, should we go to your choice, Henry? So, Philippe Coutinho joined Liverpool from Inter Milan for £8.5 million in January, 30th of January 2013. Last appearance, the 30th of December 2017, 201 games, 54 goals, didn't win anything, left on a bit of a sour note, um, but he was pretty brilliant, wasn't he? He was, and, and funnily enough, I nearly, I nearly didn't put him in, and I think, it, I think it's partly because he's almost got the McManaman thing about him, that because he left and fans were a bit pissed off with him that I think he's he could end up being underappreciated a little bit, including by me, which is why I nearly didn't put him in. But he was, yeah, he was so good. Like, you know, five years I think he, he spent overall. And there was a point when he was, without doubt, our most influential player, and mm. he kind of he's almost a bit of a forgotten man from that thirteen fourteen team because there were Suarez and Gerrard and Henderson yeah. and all these other players. But he was he was great that season, and you know he's he's pulled out so many memorable goals. Probably got the best kind of back catalogue of goals over the last decade for Liverpool, I would have thought, and just just an absolute class player, just had that Brazilian flair and could play mm. out wide, could play in midfield and um, yeah, and yes, it, it's a little bit of the Risa syndrome, he did used to drive me mad when he fired shots into the cop, but you know, he also stuck a fair few in the top corner and um, yeah, he, he was just a just a great player and it's, it's, it's sad actually that he left the way he did and the way his career's kind of gone a little bit since because he deserves to be remembered as a really top Liverpool player. Yeah. Would you take him back, Neil, if he was available? 
No, because we we got better, strangely, when he left. Um, yeah, okay, I, 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 I still really rate him. Uh, I, I still think he's, you know, he's a great player. And again, he was another one we got him from in Sutherland for very, very cheap. I, I, Henry's right totally that 13 and 14 season. He's underrated. I mean, he got the goal against Man City at Anfield in, in the April yeah. when it looked like we might go on um, and get it. But no, it's like we we've we've adapted and moved on without him now. So I I, I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him back now. That's fair enough. Right. Well, I think this is quite an interesting one. Um, Neil, you can go first. Shabby Alonso or Philip Coutinho? Actually, Coutinho is obviously easier on the eye. There's more highlights I think there than it is for Alonso. I mean, obviously Alonso's got like you know goal from like the halfway line and things like that. But I suppose, and I'm just thinking this now, just listening to what you two have said, is that, you know, Alonso leaves Liverpool, Liverpool fall apart. Coutinho leaves Liverpool, Liverpool adapts, use the money by, yeah. by Dyke, by Alice, and actually becomes stronger. So I think when I'm thinking about it that way, in terms of impact on the team and importance, uh, I'll go Alonso. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so mine is McManaman or Coutinho, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm definitely going to go Steve McManaman. I think longevity of service over the entire decade, what he did in those two finals as well. Yeah, so pretty straightforward for me. So Steve McManaman, so um, you have you signed him back here then? Yeah, you have, haven't you? Uh, uh, I have. So you've got to put, yeah, between yeah. McManaman and Shabby Alonso, yeah, you've got to decide him back. Uh, I'd have to go Alonso. Yeah. yeah. So what we've done there, and this is absolutely lovely, is we've created the midfield of 0809. Our, our midfield is Mascarano, Gerard, <laughs> oh, which is prob- right, cool. perfect. Yeah, <laughs> probably Liverpool's greatest midfield. Obviously, there'll be people who watch us mm. in the 1780s who disagree with that, but certainly in my lifetime, I'm guessing mm. Peyton, yours as well. Yeah. Our best midfield. So that is very neat. Right, let's get to the sexy part of the team, the attack. So we have got right centre forward, left centre forward, and centre forward. Right centre forward. Um, the collective mix of players, all very different, uh, all had very sort of different careers. Um, Neil, I absolutely adore your choice. As soon as I saw it on the email you sent, it made me smile. Do you want to say who you've picked for right centre forward? City Kamara. City Kamara. So let me nice. go through facts and figures. First of June, he signed on first of June, nineteen ninety nine, for two point six million pounds from Marseille. His last game was the fourteenth of May two thousand. He made 37 appearances for Liverpool and he scored 10 goals, which I think is a pretty decent return. That's just yeah. shy of one in, one in three. Um, he's one of those players, Neil, that you'll, you'll have to sit your grandkid on your knee uh, when, you, when, you're, when you're older and, and sort of tell him about because he kind of came and went in a blur. Didn't spend very long at the club. But the time he was there, he just he was just kind of sort of great. <laughs> so he just made you smile and did mad things. And I remember he scored a goal at Arsenal in February 2000. He won 1-0 there in that 99-2000 season. He scored the goal. Gerard put him in with a really good through ball. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good finish as well. And yeah, it was just kind of a funny career because it sort of started and ended really quickly. But he was kind of great, I think, for the time he was there. He was. He, he was, and especially that first three, four, five, six months, you know, rather than the entire season. Either, even He was just like lightning in a bottle for a few months. And I don't yeah. think, I can't think of many players who so little has been expected of. And then yeah. came in and made such an impact, not in terms of winning trophies or building teams or anything, but just in terms of going, my God, who is he? <laughs> and yeah. also, I think he was like, in the context of that Hulay uh, team, this is you know, quite a reserved, orthodox team. And why I mean, he just got this, like, this whirling sort of 
this is a thievish, is it? This, doing these crazy things that you weren't expecting. Half the players on, on his own side didn't know exactly um, what he was going to do. And you, you've got, you know, you've got the whole ro- romance of you know, the game against West Ham when, you know, he scores and he, you know, he, he goes out on his knees and he's crying in front of the cop and we're all mm. thinking, what's he doing? But then you find out that, you know, he's played like the day after he's, he found out his dad's died, but, you know, he's still come on the pitch and, you know, he's given it his all. And there's the emotion around that. I also remember him scoring really early, um, I think it was an early game like in September against Leeds away. Yeah. I, I always remember the interview afterwards where Fowler just said, just like looked at him and went, he just gives them a torrid time. Um, and he, he would think he was like man of the match. Um, I remember we played Coventry um, at Anfield. I think it was um, it was like the anniversary, 40 years since uh, Shankly had come to the club. So there was a really good atmosphere that day anyway. But from a playing point of view, um, it was the player everyone was talking about before that game was actually Robbie Keane. Now, because mm. uh, Robbie Keane was very much up and coming at that point. So I think he'd done some stuff at Wolves. He'd been okay. And he'd been playing really well. For Coventry, and um, he was—he he never did anything that game. And Kamara just scored an absolute screamer. It was like from outside the box, left left-hand side by the centenary stand. I was right behind it, and it was uh, that really, really—it's strange. I've seen bigger goals, I've seen some bigger games, but that one really, really sticks in, in my mind. It's like one of those where you just—you're just left open mouth, and you go, "That's amazing." And a big mm-hmm. part of that. It's this idea that he's like he's just a fellow who came from nowhere, and then I know he went on to West Ham, but he sort of disappeared. I think he's on Twitter quite a bit now, isn't he? Um, but yeah, so yeah, great guy, what a fella. Yeah, uh, it just yeah, just kind of adore him in a way, really. Just I don't know why he's kind of yes, yeah, intangible thing. I think I think that's great when you put it. He was in quite an orthodox team. He was just a bit of a maverick, and uh, yeah, just made me smile. Excellent. Right, let's get on to my choice then for right centre forward. It is Dirk Kautz joined Liverpool on the 18th of August 2006 for £9 million from Feyenoord. Last appearance was the 13th of May 2012. 285 games, 71 goals. He scored. He won the League Cup. Um, yeah, funny player in a way because when he arrived, I think he's forgotten this, he, he was meant to be like a, a really shit-hot centre forward. He's going to get us loads of goals. Then he became quite obvious quite quickly that he wasn't going to do that because he lacked pace and skill. So Rafa stuck him out on the right and he just basically spent all his time that he played out there just working his arse off and getting some big goals. He came off the bench in that 2012 League Cup final and scored uh, a big goal in that one. Um, he, was it an equaliser? Was it? Oh no, he puts 2-1 ahead. Yeah. Card, equalized, yeah. Uh, so maybe not that big of a goal. But yeah, he, he did score. I think it was an equaliser. Was it? Uh, uh, I don't know. No, that. I think yeah, he put, maybe that. no, I think he puts two one ahead actually. Yeah. Mark Skirl equalised. Yeah. and then Cardiff equalised. But it was a really good finish actually because I saw it on Teddy recently. He did it first time from sort of the edge of the box. The hat trick against Man United in 2011, although obviously uh, Suarez did most of the work in that game. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just a really good play. I just wonder, do you think Kautz would play? I, I get the sense he he'd do quite well in a Jurgen Klopp team just because of the energy he puts into each of his performances. Definitely, I think he'd be a he'd be a great squad player. In this team, yeah. like, I think we we probably moved on a bit as a team, obviously, and, and I wouldn't see a situation where he's starting out on the right for obvious reasons, really. Um, but yeah, yeah 100. He's got that energy, he's got that intelligence. That I think Klopp sort of attacking players need to have under Klopp, and and definitely he's got that ability. I, I don't think anyone apart from Gerard had that ability to score more big goals, really, including Origi recently. You know, he scored so many big ones in 
I mean, Ever- Everton must have been sick of the sight of him and United, yeah. Arsenal, and uh, Inter Milan. There were loads of big ones. So, yeah, yeah, he, he was great. Excellent. Um, Neil, anything on Cal before we move on to Henry's choice? I just echo the big goals. That's the thing that, yeah. Yeah, when I think of Cal, that's what I think of. And also, um, I know this shouldn't matter, but he always came across as one of those fellas who really seemed to like love the club. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. like, just really like wore it um, on his heart. Um, so, no, nothing else to add. Do you want more YouTube? I think yeah. you two covered everything. He wouldn't call training work, would he? If he was getting a taxi to Melwood. No, he wouldn't. He'd call it training. I'm going in for my quest. Exactly. That's how all training should be described, don't you? Like right, let's get on to Henry's choice. Uh, an interesting one, in a way. Uh, and it's Mohamed Salah. So, he signed from Roma for £43.9 million pounds in, on the 22nd of June 2017. 144 games, 91 goals. He's won a Champions League, Super Cup, Club World Cup. Henry Salah is absolutely brilliant, but I've got to be honest, I'm, I just can't warm to him. Like I wouldn't be that gutted if we sold him in the summer. And I know that's bad. I can't put my finger on it, but I don't know. I don't know. I've not got a huge amount of love for Mo. I'm not saying sell him, but I'm saying if you've got a good offer, this is a place with James Sancho or something, I wouldn't be that disappointed. Are you, are you furious with me? I'm not furious with you because we've had we've shared a few messages in the past and we've kind of yeah. we've shared messages when he's having one of those mo days when he kind of weirdly can't pass the ball three yards and his touch is heavy and all this and it, he's a really weird footballer but despite that he he's amazing he is he's incredible he's a without doubt a Liverpool legend he's he's an all time great in terms of what he's doing in terms of his goal scoring he's he's blowing he's he's, he's better than Suarez, Torres, Fowler, Owen, Rush is like the, the the ratio which he's scoring. He's not even a striker. Um, yeah. it's, I think it's mad because he is definitely underappreciated. And why that is, I'm not sure. And that's included with with rival fans and the media. I don't know why, but when you look at what he's done, he's phenomenal. And he's been one of the the, the key signings of the Klopp era. That day, you know, he came in. I think some people thought he was just going to be a backup to Mane because he hadn't done much at Chelsea and. You know, he came scored in his debut. First season is probably up there with the best seasons by any Liverpool player. And I think, to be fair, that has worked massively against him. Yeah, I was going to say that. He scored 40-odd goals. And now, you know, because now in the last two seasons he's scored 20-odd instead from out wide, that's kind of not seen as good enough because he's just, you know, produced a season that basically Messi would produce. So I think think that is part of the things that people expect that level which is like a truly elite all-time level that that season was. So, for me, an amazing player. Yeah, he, he also frustrates me probably more than any other player on his day because I know he can be better and he does he does mad things and he's got a weird technique at times, but you just have to look at the stats and what he's done and his influence. And you just can't you just can't sort of play it down, really. He's a phenomenon. Yeah. Neil, I think what game I think sums up Man Salah was Salzburg away in the Champions League where first half he missed two or three absolute cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, was at the game was gonna... and I was raging against him. And then second half he scores one of the best goals I've ever seen live, that one from a tight angle. I mean he is, as Henry says, really frustrating, isn't he? Well, yeah, but no, I'm sitting here shaking my head at the pair of you, to be honest. <laughs> I I um I, I, I don't um under estimate or underappreciate him at all. I, I think he's I think he's absolutely world class. And that goal that you've just um, referred to then Saturday is like 
it's like an optical illusion. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. know, the amount of times I wish to watch that back just to work out um, actually how, how it went in. I'm, and also, you know, what I'm going to remind you of, Saturday, just to let you know how you're wrong. I know how you love Chelsea so much as well. I do, Jordan. Remember that goal he scored against Chelsea last season? Yeah. It's quite good, that one. I don't think I know anyone who hates Chelsea as much as you, Saturday, until the match. Yeah, no, my hatred for him has gone down a little bit, as I say, yeah. Well, see, okay, you know, as a, you know, as a, um, unkeen now, all right, okay, cool. No, but, comes <laughs> along, do it, for me, the fact that he's just genuine world class, he's, he's like, he's like a world icon, he's just, he's a good guy as well, and I just, you're right, the, 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 the standards he set for himself is so high. That is what he gets judged against. And therefore, he only has to drop remotely below that. Yeah. that uh, it looks like failure. And it, it is that sort of like little tinge. You, you know, it does a hint to the sort of the studages, not about him in terms of not the way he plays, but in terms of the way that some people just can't want him. Whatever. But not for me. I, I think he's one of the most exciting things that's happened to Liverpool. In the last, in like in the last ten years, no, um, I agree. So, I do agree. So no, just goal after goal after goal yeah. after goal. It's, uh, and I actually think his work rate's really good. I think he gets pulled up on his work rate sometimes. But I sit there watching him; he runs his ass off like like ninety nine percent of games. So no, no, I'm not having it. Uh, he's brilliant. I'm telling you now, he's my vote. Blind. Say what? I didn't realize I was alive by Salah. So yes. Um, <laughs> Blow me away, fair enough. So, yeah, he's your vote, absolutely. That's fair enough. And I tell you what, I'm going to try and redeem myself here and get back in the good books by saying he's also my vote, uh, to be fair, between him and Titi Camera. So, that's not a huge, uh, that's not a huge shout. So, so Salah's in the team, look, let's face it, he's absolutely brilliant. And, um, yeah, I was just stirring the pot a little bit. And just to reiterate, I'm not saying selling in the summer, I'm just saying I would be completely against it. But, yeah, Mo Salah's in the team. But uh, just to wrap it up, uh, Henry, do you want to say who you would have picked between them? Dirt Cow, Titi Camera, I'm guessing it's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah, Cow. Cow, excellent. So, obviously, Mo Salah in the team. Right, left centre forward. Now, this is really interesting because, well, I think it's interesting really because of, um, of Neil's choice. Um, so, Neil, do you want to say who your left centre forward is? Yeah, so obviously, there's a 4 3 3 thing here that I'm trying yeah. to fit people in, and I've essentially fitted him in because he's a striker and he's left footed. And it was quite clear on who I wanted by main. Sort of my central central striker uh, to be. So I've gone for Robbie Fowler. So Robbie Fowler, yeah, academy graduate, made his debut on the 22nd of September 93. Uh, last appearance was 13th of May 2007, which is at the end of his second spell at the club. 369 games in the pool, 183 goals. He won the FA Cup, uh, two League Cups, UEFA Cup and Super Cup. Um, yeah, Neil, one of my all-time favourite Liverpool players. And honestly, that moment when he re-signed for the club in 2006 I mean yeah. you know just one of the happiest moments of my life I remember this was the day before social media I got a text message from my mate I was walking back from work and he said God has returned I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about got home turned the telly on got teletext on kids asked your dad about teletext and it said or CFAX one of the two I can't which one it was and it said Robbie Fowler rejoined Liverpool glorious moment glorious player yeah, I, I remember being devastated when we sold them to Leeds because uh, yeah. I know he'd been a little bit in and out of form, but Leeds were obviously our competitors at the time. But 
top four uh, position. I remember thinking it was a ridiculous, uh, it was it was a ridiculous sale, and it was a ridiculous club to uh, sell him to. But I mean, for him as a teenager to come on in his no, it wasn't his debut, but I think it might have been his debut at Anfield. I'm not too sure, but it was, whether it was or not, it was a very very early game in the second leg of whatever the League Cup was called at the time, and scored five against Fulham to score five yeah. goals. You know, at Anfield, your home club, in you know a proper competitive game, and you know that that cup then you know had a bit more kudos um, than it's got now. It's just insane. I mean, no one's come remotely close to to doing that. And then you got your fastest hat tricks. You just um, against Arsenal, wasn't it? And then you just got a bazillion goals, and we can we can. We can forgive him the uh, blonde-haired, uh, dyed era uh, and all of that. And again, to go back to McManaman, there was two shining lights in that that, that side in the 90s for me. It was McManaman and Fowler. And also, I love his autobiography because every third page he goes on about going to the chippy. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just absolutely. Is he slightly before your time, uh, Henry? No, um, no. He's, when he's, he's at his peak. That, no, he's way very much my first era. Okay, so like I kind of started watching support Liverpool probably ninety three, really ninety four, something like that. So oh, he was right. literally, there, yeah. yeah. So yeah. no, he he was very much my first era, and like like you said, when he when he returned in 06, that was just like huge. And I was well aware that I I think he was quite a bit past his best when he left the Leeds, to be honest. Let alone when he came yeah. back. But I just didn't care. I was just so happy yeah. that. That he was back and he still chipped in with a few goals and yeah, I know just one of the best finishers you'll ever see. So yeah, absolute hero for me. Yeah, hundred and eighty three goals in three hundred sixty nine games is an absolute ridiculous return. Yeah. Uh, right, let's go on to mine because he's not going to get into this team, so I'll, I'll rattle through it. But uh, I do, I, I absolutely want to give him a mention, and that is Yari Litmanen. So he joined Liverpool on the fourth of January two thousand one in a free transfer from Barcelona. Last appearance twenty seventh of April two thousand and two. 43 games, Liverpool, nine goals. He won the Super Cup. And Neil, I'll come to you on this. I don't know if I'm imagining this, but every time Littman played for Liverpool, he was the best player on the pitch. That's what it felt like for me. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. And I was so, so excited when he joined. And I loved Gerard Hulet. I really, really loved him. And I think people like look back on that, I think that was a little bit strange. But I think there is a group of Liverpool supporters. Depends maybe on what age you were. But I loved Gerard Hulet. And I think the first time I ever really got upset with him was the lack of game time that he actually yeah. gave him. Littman. And you often think that if he was just given more of a go, he could have done even more for us. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, regularly, maybe if not every single time, um, the best player on the pitch when he played for us. Just, just that element, just that little level of like class in the team that maybe we hadn't seen for a long time at that point. Yeah, yeah. As I, said, I mean, he had a falling out with you, didn't I, I think, but um, I think probably just as you say, frustration for not playing. Absolute crying shame he left when he did. They have a little bit, of, a little bit for me, know about him in terms of that just ability to just play passes that other players don't. Yeah, know and yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was just absolutely superb. His use of the ball was phenomenal. Technically outstanding. Um, yeah, just just mad that he only stayed at Liverpool for what, what we got. Here? 14 months or something? Yeah. I mean, just 13, 14 months. Absolutely crazy. Right, let's he was, a, to, sorry, yeah, he was sorry, a, yeah, yeah. He, he was a genuine Liverpool fan as well, wasn't yeah, he? And he was, he was absolutely, yeah. it was his dream move and it's a story of him uh, talking to, I think it was Patrick Clivert or someone like that, um, where 
private. He said he used to bang on about it all of the time about like this in Liverpool, and he could never understand why he loved it so much because like he <laughs> was shit. Um, yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Um, let's go on to Henry's choice, uh, Sadio Mane. So he joined Liverpool from Southampton for thirty million pounds uh, on the twenty eighth of June, twenty sixteen. One hundred sixty one games for Liverpool, seventy seven goals. For the club, he's won the Champions League, the Super Cup, and the Club World Cup. And Henry, for me, he's kind of, I don't know if opposite to Salah is the right word, but in a way that I'm very cold with Salah, I absolutely adore Sadio Mane. Um, and for me, you, I think one of you two, it might be Neil, said he's a Liverpool, you said Salah was a Liverpool legend. For me, Sadio Mane is definitely now a Liverpool legend. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I think when you look back at it, he was. You know, Byron Van Dyke maybe the most important signing we've made under Klopp in terms of the way he took the team forward. Is for so long we just seemed to lack any kind of speed going forward. Yeah, and we just brought him in in that that summer. And I remember watching him pre-season and thinking, this guy just he's just got it, and he, he's going to make such a difference straight away. And he obviously scored that incredible goal against Arsenal on his debut, and he was just. It's easy to forget how influential he was that first season because he went off to the African Cup of Nations and we just fell apart. We were, we were, yeah. we were, cha- we were challenging Chelsea for the title and he went. I don't think we won a game in the whole of January uh, without him. And he's just... We beat yeah. Plymouth away in the oh, uh, did we? FA Cup Bloody replay. Hell. I remember that. <laughs> Plymouth away is yeah. our only win that championship. Well, yeah, and there's about eight games overall. Or something. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so that, I think that's something... And he's just got better and better. Like, I think... The last twelve months or so, there's an argument to say he's been the best wide player in the world. I would say, generally, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're ignoring the kind of Messi Ronaldo stuff where where they play and stuff like that, I think he he's been absolutely phenomenal. He he's had the bit between his teeth, I think, more than any other Liverpool player virtually this season in terms of winning the league. He's got like a bit of nastiness to him. He scores that like, the header away to Villa. I think will be looked looked back at as kind of the pivotal moment of this season at a time when it was still quite. Close to City and just a, just a really world class player, just so unpredictable for defenders. Don't know which way he's going to go. Massive goals, great finisher, works his socks off. Seems like an unbelievably great guy. Like just there's nothing not to love about him. And and like you said, a, a guaranteed Liverpool legend already. And hopefully he's, he's still here for for many years to come. Yeah, excellent. Right, let's go into voting for this because I think it's going to be really interesting. Henry, um, you go first then. So you've got Lippman and. Fowler, Fowler for me, but I love Lipman. But yeah, yeah, Fowler. Neil, you've got. Uh, so who've you got? You've got Lipman and Omane. Well, for me, he set the benchmark for the quality of player that we needed in this iteration of the Liverpool squad. And I remember at the time going round so when we stand and then seeing him going right. That's the level now. That's the quality yeah. of player we need to get throughout this team. And um, so, and I agree with um, Henry in terms of it's important all day long, Manny. Yeah. So it comes down to me. I've got a deciding choice. I've got Robbie Fowler or Sadio Mane. And um, it's going to break my heart so I can say this. I'm going to go Sadio Mane. I absolutely adore Robbie Fowler. But I think in this specific position, left centre forward, you got to go with Mane because that is his position and he's been outstanding in it. So Sadio Mane gets into our team. Right, final position. It's the big one. It's centre forward. Three, um, well, three players who've just been absolutely brilliant for Liverpool. So let's get on to Neil's choice. Neil, do you just want to say who your your 90s centre forward stroke striker is? Michael Owen. 
Michael Owen, yeah, Academy graduate, made his debut 6th of May 1997, that uh, famous game against Wimbledon away when he came off the bench and scored. His last appearance was 15th of May 2004. Total appearances, 297. Goals, 158. He won the FA Cup, two League Cups, UEFA Cup, Super Cup, and, I'm going to chuck this in, the Ballon d'Or, which, um, I, I, you know, I think they're all, we all kind of maybe took slightly for granted at the time, and then now realise what an achievement that was. He won that, obviously, in 2001. Um, Neil, I think there's very few players who have such a complex Liverpool career than Michael Owen. Uh, the numbers are frightening. The honours, the personal achievements are absolutely incredible. And he just hasn't got the love that he probably deserves. It's pretty, pretty obvious why, because obviously the way he left and then the club, well, one of the clubs in particular joined after he left us. Um, I'm just curious, did you consider maybe putting Fowler as your centre forward in this team and choosing another left centre forward? Or did Owen absolutely have to get in here? No, I thought I would have to be there. I mean, I, yeah, you're right. It is. He is a complex character. But I mean, when you're picking from strikers in the nineties who debuted in the nineties, then it's 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 not difficult. And I just look at it as what is in one way really that two thousand and one to two thousand and two um, in our modern history and in terms of number of trophies won. It's it's just there's nothing that comes close in terms of just number of trophies. One we you know, it's, it's I mean I won't go through them all, but you know there's obviously you know, a good you know handful of trophies there, and he was instrumental in pretty much all of them. Uh, uh, obviously the obvious one that comes to mind is the uh, the Arsenal um, FA Cup final, and you know what yeah. whether you like him or not, that is absolutely iconic. That it really it, it is absolutely iconic that final now from the two goals to you know the, his, his celebration. And all of that, and I just think you just got to look at that period of history and think he's at the forefront of that, and he's scoring the goals that are helping us win these cups and get us to these finals and whatever. And it's Michael Owen, and I don't care what you think of him as a person or whatever. If you just look at that side of things, I don't really see from the nineties how you couldn't have him in it. Yeah, Henry, where are you with with Owen? Uh, yeah, he was very much like my second hero after Fowler, and. and just like McManaman again, I think because he left, people got annoyed with him because he chose Real Madrid. I think that has definitely kind of hampered his reputation. But it's easy to forget how he was so good. For mm-hmm. I think even the O one sort of period when he won the Ballon d'Or is kind of seen as a peak in a way. But before he got that hamstring injury, and in the late nineties, he was just electric. In the when when he scored mm-hmm. the goal for England against Argentina. He was almost unplayable at times, and he was still a teenager. So I think, just like Neil says, he's a bit of an odd bloke. I think it's something I'm not a great fan of him as a as a person, but I think he deserves more love because he he achieved so much for Liverpool, did so much good, so many big goals. Um, that Arsenal goal in the final is probably up there with the most I've ever celebrated a goal. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's he's a little bit underappreciated. So a, a definite legend for me. Yeah, got to say, if anyone hasn't listened to Jay, the Jamie Carragher podcast that he did with Michael yeah, Owen, um, one of the yeah, it's just brilliant. Is it one of the best all-time interviews I've ever listened to? It really is worth worth listening to. Excellent. Well, let's go on to my choice. Uh, it's another striker who left in a bit of a cloud. It <coughs> is Fernando Torres. So uh, yeah, Fernando Torres joined Liverpool from Atletico Madrid for twenty point two million pounds on the fourth of July two thousand seven. Last appearance. 26th of January 2011, 142 games, 81 goals, no honours. Uh, yeah, left in a bit of a cloud, obviously, uh, going to Chelsea. Um, but 
I would say for the first couple of seasons he was with us, he was, yeah, if you take Ronaldo Messi out of it, probably the best player in the world. The 07-08 season, he was just absolutely ridiculous. 33 goals in 46 games. There was a goal against Derby on Boxing Day that season, Boxing Day 2007, which I can't find on YouTube, but it's genuinely one of the best goals I've ever seen. Sort of wriggles through about four players and then smashes it past the keeper. Um, exceptional talent. Uh, and obviously ended very badly in his career, just kind of fell off a cliff. Um, yeah, we'll sort of move on, really, up to the next guy, unless one of you guys wants to say anything on Torres that you feel I've left out about his, uh, his Liverpool career. The only thing I wanted to Sorry, go on, Henry. No, no, I was going to say, I think you've nailed it for me. Yeah. Go on, Neil. The only thing, yeah, the only thing I was going to say is he was, he was the last Liverpool player that I allowed to break my heart. Is that, <laughs> that's what I had to do. When he left, when he left, that was the last player I've been genuinely cluttered about, and then I've, uh, I've toughened up since then. Yeah, yeah, I was quite lucky because my daughter was born in January 2011. So all that sort of month where he, all the stuff was going on about him going to Chelsea, I was just kind of obviously, my life was changing dramatically. So I was more focused on that. And the day he actually left Chelsea, so transfer deadline day 2001, I, um, I think he took our daughter out of the house for the first time. So I was just kind of focused on so many other things. I'm kind of glad about that. His, his departure didn't hurt too much because I just had so much else going on. Now, talking about a player who did break my heart when he left, uh, who I was absolutely gutted about and did pour a lot of uh, emotional energy and time into, um, is Henry's choice. Henry, do you want to say your choices for centre-forward in this team? Yeah, Lou Suarez. Luis Suarez, yep, joined Liverpool 31st of January 2011 for £22.8 million from Ajax. Left, uh, or his final game, I should say, 11th of May 2014. 133 games, 82 goals. He won the League Cup. And to me, Henry, without a doubt, I know you guys were talking about Gerrard before. Steven Gerrard, for me, is the most influential player I've seen play for Liverpool. But for me, for pure talent, it's Luis Suarez. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to start by saying I'm gutted I can't have Firmino because he's my favourite current player. And yeah. One of my favourite players of all time, actually, but I can't not have Suarez. So, yeah, you've nailed it there. Without doubt, the most talented player I've ever, ever seen for Liverpool just did things that were just ridiculous. I remember going to see them away to Fulham once and we, we thumped them, but I just, his performance in that game was just, I'd never seen, I'd never seen a better player live. And he did, he did one piece of skill out on the wing where it was just mad. And it, it, it was just, truly kind of world-class. I think when people talk about who the best player is outside of Messi and Ronaldo over the last decade, for me, I think he would be my pick. He's, yeah. that, he's that good, I think. And um, the, the 20, obviously the 2013-14 season was up there with the best ever, I think, by a Liverpool player. And it annoys me a bit when people say it was all down to him because it wasn't. But he was still obviously the driving force behind it. And I think people forget how good he was the season before as well. He was incredible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just I just can't not have him in. Um, just unbelievable, unbelievable level of talent. And I mean, the, I think the Norwich game I think has to be the best, best ever individual performance I think I've seen by a Liverpool player. The four goals, every I think all four goals were amazing. Um, that that was probably that was him at his absolute peak. And I was gutted when he went to Barcelona as well. So yeah, as much as I love Torres, Suarez was just on that. Another level for me. Yeah. I think one of the fun things with Suarez, Neil, was following his progress on Twitter. I remember I was going to Sheffield in October 2013 to cover <laughs> a Kell Brook fight. And it was a day we played West Brom at home. And uh, we, the game had kicked off and I was on the train. 
and I was following our, I was following the game on Twitter, and I just remember the likes of James Pearce and Neil Jones saying or tweeting, "Luis Suarez has scored with a header from outside the box." Yeah, yeah. That, can't, <laughs> yeah. that can't be right. That's that's they've obviously that's wrong. They've, they've, they've judged it wrong. And then you watch match today, and you're like, "Fuck it, he did score with a header from outside the box." I mean, he just did mad things, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a non-football thing. Uh, it comes after a football thing. Just the way he dived in front of David Boyd, <laughs> that alone. <laughs> yeah. For that alone. But I, what, what, I've, I've got just one quick thing to say on Suarez. Yeah, and of course. For 30 years, John Barnes is my undisputed favourite Liverpool player. And when someone like that has been your favourite Liverpool player for that long, and especially when it comes from your childhood, it feels like you can never really change it. But when Louis Suarez came along, I was like, no, that's, you know what? Forget nostalgia. And Louis Suarez is my favourite Liverpool player ever. Really? Yeah. Your favourite player of the time? Wow, that's a big shout, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually, think Steven, I actually think Steven Gerrard overall, in terms of his impact, is like a better player. I mean, we'll yeah. get into semantics here, I'll be, I suppose, a little bit. Yeah. But in terms of which player just got me off my seat the most and if who would I want to watch the most, I would. I wouldn't say the one comes close to Luis Suarez, but I'd say he's a you know he's a he's a couple of pegs above like maybe the like the, the next person down. So no, he's my favourite ever Liverpool player. Yeah, my favourite all time Liverpool player, Sam Hoopian. That's why I don't feel guilty about choosing <laughs> over Virgil Van Dijk. Um, <laughs> just had to get that in. Uh, no, I agree. I agree with all those sentiments. Um, I was absolutely devastating. It was inevitable, obviously, but he was going to go, and uh, it was a crying shame. And like with the legends over. That's nine. We just fell apart after he went as well, which is obviously a huge shame. Right, so this is a really interesting one as well. Three fantastic guys we put all of whom left under a bit of a cloud. Uh, Henry, do you want to go first? Are you picking Michael Owen or Fernando Torres? Blarney. <laughs> Charles, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, I think just Torres. Torres. Uh, okay. Um, Neil, I think it's pretty obvious who you're picking. Are you picking Fernando Torres or Luis Suarez? Suarez. So that leads me to pick Michael Owen and Luis Suarez. And for me, it's not even a contest. It is Luis Suarez. So Luis Suarez gets in. So our final team then, our Liverpool football, uh, football team, Liverpool football club team made up of players signed in either, or who made their debuts in either the 90s and noughties or the 2010s. In goal, Alison Becker. Right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Left back, Andy Robertson. Centre-backs, Jamie Carragher and Sammy Hoopia. Midfield, defensive midfield, Javier Mascherano. And he's alongside Shabby Alonso and Steven Gerrard. And our front three, right to left, Mohamed Salah, Luis Suarez and Sadio Mane. Lads, it's a pretty good team, isn't it? Um, any any arguments? Any Van, 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 Van Dijk on the bench? Yeah, we'll put Van Dijk on the bench, yeah. Um, I think uh, it's really good. Uh, yeah, go on. I was, was going to say is I, I, hope, um, I, I hope they don't print this um this team on like on any social media anything. <laughs> just for just for just that bit alone. Uh, but no, I think that's a hell of a side. It's a really likable side as well, I would say. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do like the little, little partnerships so we've got the two so we've got the two um clock fullbacks, we've got the two Rafa centre backs, we've got that 0809 midfield, we've got the two wide men from Klopp's era. And then obviously Louis Suarez gets in and just has to get in. So we've actually kind of in a way got a representative of the Brendan Rogers here as well, which makes it look a bit cool. as well. 
Yeah, all good. Right, lads, we've been talking for what feels like three days. Um, I know I've kept Neil away from his dinner. Mrs. Paul is not happy. So I'm um, going to let Neil and Henry get off. Guys, thank you very much for that. Really do appreciate it. A lot of fun. I think we put together a really good team. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it filled um, a decent amount of time in this very weird, unsettling period that we're in, in our lives at the moment. And hopefully we'll get to see the actual Liverpool play sooner rather than later. So until then, thanks for listening. And as ever, up the Reds. Podcast Network.